everybody, back to another weekly edition of the Heat Ratio Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Chicksaw-Cotillo, joined by Mike Badaraki, Coach Dave Dixon, and John Coker. This is episode 111, quarantine style, uh, Zoom style. I think it's been going on pretty well. I'll tell you what, I can kind of get used to this because I can just open up my laptop and roll. Not that I don't mind seeing you guys every week, but it's kind of a little convenient right now. I'm not, I'm not hating it. That's all I got to say. Not hating it. How about you boys? I'm hating not having access to your beer fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, and the best one, I haven't been to a beer server in a month. Sure enough, <laughs> and it's, it's finally dwindling down. I'm going like restock. I want to get flush all the old stuff out and get all new stuff. So I'm hoping by the time the quarantine's over, I'll be able to get new stuff. I'm not a hard liquor guy, but I'll stick to the beer. I'll stick to the beer. Oh, I got, I got hard liquor later. <laughs> <laughs> John's a fireball that, that, king. That, that's, that's just my day gig. I'll drink some tropicals. That's how I get like my vitamin C. Hey, listen. Nowadays, you need all the vitamin C you can get. So, man, I, I did. I did two shots of eighteen hundred yesterday. First Ooh. time I've touched anything harder than Miller Light in about oh, two months. Forget about it. I was down for the count. That'll put hair on your chest, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't already have any. Uh, so. So listen, right off the bat, I, I you know I threw something out this week because I you know obviously the big story you keep hearing is the Jason Peters talk, the Andre Diller talk. We and I feel like we're always ahead. You know I don't know if people just like basically like they, they follow us and, and see what we talk about, and then they bring it up like a week later. But I always feel like I'll, I'm ahead of everybody, and all of a sudden they want to start talking about it. But I, I mentioned about the Jason Peters thing a month ago, right? And now it's coming up again. And now we're talking about it, it. This is for real now. I mean, is this talk about Dillard? Do you guys believe it that he can't play? Are you are, are you really thinking it? Because why is this? Why is the constant Jason Peters talk happening if he can play? Well, the constant talk comes up because Jason Peters is still available. Um, and when the kid, I don't know if he can play or not, but we got to find out. And when he played left tackle in preseason, he seemed like he knew what he was doing. They moved him to right tackle. In a game, never played there before, apparently, and he struggled. So, I mean, until Jason Peters is on another team, the conversation is going to continue to happen. Yeah, I mean, how do we how do we know the answer, Dave? I think you hit the nail right on the head. We don't. We don't know if he can play until we see him in a game. And if Jason Peters comes back, that's not going to happen. I mean, but, so the question I know, Tony, you're going to ask the question. <laughs> what? Why, why does the talk of him coming back even exist if they don't think he can play? I can't answer that. that and, well, that's my issue. It, you know, he would, this would not be in the news. We would not be talking about this if and only if he was a lockdown solid starter. We went into the draft here, and he was being dangled around in trade rumors. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking. We got Lane Johnson talking about it. You got the Coastal. I mean, listen, this is continued talk week after week. It just tells me something is up with Andre Dillard. If they don't have enough faith in Andre Dillard, listen, we just lost Carson Wentz to a concussion. I don't need another head injury by a left tackle who can't play. So I threw this out there, and I, I'd love to get your opinion because I think you all may be in the same boat as me, but – I would have gave up a, a you know a fifth and next year's third for Trent Williams. Would would, would you have not done that deal? Uh, that's a no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my th- like you know that's another part of this draft. You know how and and I get it. Listen, Ron Rivera, Washington Redskins. You know 
are you going to trade with you know your NFC East foe? I I get it. It's hard to trade in division, but for for no absolute words of Howie picking up the phone and trying to make an effort for it. it it's I, again. It's been so irresponsible to me for him the way he's left this team so far. And I hope I'm wrong, but I just hope that Andre Diller can play. But I, I really think that we're going to see Jason Peters in the Eagles uniform. Well, go back to the Diller thing for a second, though. Um, if Jason Peters signs on the third day of free agency, I, I think the Diller talk is non-existent. I think the issue is that the longer Peters stays out there, they think they can get him back for cheap. and if they can get him for $6 million instead of $10 million, and, and you think he could still play a little bit, why wouldn't you? Regardless of whether you, you think Dillard can play or not. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right about that. And I was a big proponent about it, but the question I'll go back at you is, well, when you move up in the first round to draft the so-called heir apparent because you want to get somebody on a rookie-scale deal, what does that say? That says that your plan did work, right? Oh. Uh, Right, and, and and that's my issue. I mean, I mean unless it's just going Andrews all right, over again. I mean, unless there was somebody else in the division that had their eyes on Dillard and how he drafted him to keep him away from another team, which then totally takes us back to last week's conversation <laughs> on on CD Land. So yeah, what the hell was he doing this year? That exactly. <laughs> Well, I mean, if, if if you're concerned that Dillard can't play, at, at the 21 pick this year in the first round that we had, there was tackles available, quality kids that were available that you could have picked up. Who was that Who was that kid who came out of the pool? Like the, the, uh, He's Tampa Bay's um, – Wow. Oh, that just jumped straight out of the pool? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Trister, Rister, or I forget his last name. Tristan Worse. There you yes. go. <laughs> I mean, flat, flat out stunned. Oh my lord! Like I, you know, I, I watched that. And I was my legs hurt just watching that, thinking there's no way. Six, How do you five, not draft this kid? Six five, three hundred some pounds. So he, that goes back to me saying that the Eagles' brass feels like Andre Dillard is capable, and if we can get Jason Peters for five or six, like Mike's saying, that that's probably what they're going to do. Yeah, and, yeah, I'm with it. So, in that case, Tony, then what you're talking about, it would be your plan will work. Now the competition will be who will start. Is Peters going to start or is Dillard going to start? Well, so, I don't think they. I don't think they bring Peters back if he's not going to start. But well, Dave, to to that point that you're making though, and Tony, going back to what you were saying when we were talking about dangling Dillard to move up in the draft. I think if Jason Peters is signed, that dangling Dillard doesn't happen either. That's true. No, that's absolutely true. A lot, you know, a lot of this hinged on the draft. A lot of it. Well, well I will say, look, the, the bottom line, though, is you don't know if a guy's going to be a bust or not in year two. Okay? There's a lot of adjusting that happens in year one. Look, I don't care if you're the first overall pick. I don't care if you're drafting in the fourth or fifth round. I mean, it's a life adjustment. There's so many things that go into it. And, you know, I, I'm not saying, look, there are guys that come out and just make a splash their rookie year. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen. He didn't do that. But, I mean, I'll even go to the Steelers' Bud Dupree. He was two, two years in the league. He was almost a bust. 
Then all of a sudden he comes, now he's a franchise tag guy getting sacks. I'm just saying, everybody matures at a different level. Obviously, you want them to mature as fast as they can year one. But, you know, and then there's a lot of noise with all this stuff. I mean, I don't know how much is, okay, and, you know, it, it is a money thing. All right. And you're not going to, you know, but it, it still shocks me that they were dangling him at the draft, um, you know, for draft picks or whatever. Like, that's still the guy that, like you said, moved, you moved up to get this guy. You're so right. are, you, are, are you seriously like that? You know, if, he, if they were so confident that he was going to be a bust and dangle him, then I would have had Peter signed already and called it a day. And you know what, John? You're right about takes time. I get all that. I understand it. But my issue is we're talking about if we're right, and I don't know if we're right, but we're talking about there, there's word about basically this guy having issues learning playbooks, having issues with criticism, having issues of, you know, emotional issues. This isn't just not getting your position. It's a lot deeper than that, and that's what scares me. That's what scares me. Only time will tell. No, you're I right. Mean, you're right. But but one guy who I think personally isn't phased is Carson Wentz by all this Jalen Hurts stuff. Now, obviously, there's reports about you know Carson having a fragile psyche and why would you want to bring a guy in like this because of the Nick Foles stuff and. I don't think Carson Wentz is phased by this whatsoever. But I will say, I think, you know, if you've seen the, the, the replay of Miles Sanders when he was kind of seen it live, and was even he questioned, like, oh, okay. Like, I think Carson's got to question the same thing. And Carson's got to say to himself, what the hell is going on? I, I need help. And, and you go out and draft a backup quarterback. So I, I'm still not past it. But do you really think it bothers Carson? Do you think he has he's actually worried about Jalen Hurts? I personally don't think if you're an NFL athlete, you're you have to have a short memory about, you know, and feelings have to be even smaller than that because it's a competition and it's constant competition and you're getting paid a lot of money to do a certain job. And you know, what was it? Jerry Glanville's quote on NFL films one day, NFL means not for long. And if you don't produce and if you're going to be hurt more often than not, then you're not going to be in it for long. Well, not for long is one of the, my, one of my favorite quotes. I love that. <laughs> not for long. It is. It's just great because it's so true. And I think it epitomizes, especially the running back position, but, um, but yeah, Dave, you're right. I, I, I don't think, you know, Carson Wentz is a gamer. He is. And I don't, I don't think he was ever worried about Nick Foles. I don't think he – you know, I don't think he was worried about Nick Foles. I do think he was worried that, you know, not, I wouldn't say jealous that he was able to win the big game, even though Carson couldn't play. I think that bothered him a little bit, right? But I don't see him worried about Jalen Hurts. I just think it's on the other end of saying – I would like more talent around. Uh, you know, why did you bring this guy in with your number 53 overall pick? Maybe I'm nuts. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? I mean, from my perspective, I don't think he gets concerned about Hurts unless Doug gets cute huh. and starts starts pulling like they, you know, I'll take it back to old, old school, the Randall Cunningham, Buddy Ryan thing, where – 
you know, it was obvious that Jaws was on the downside of his career and Randall Cunningham was going to be the quarterback of the future. And Buddy Ryan had, you know, packages, quote unquote, for Cunningham, but he would also put him in for, you know, two or three series at a time. And he I think in on if, third downs, Mike, I remember that. Yeah. And it was, it was just, it was, you know, kind of weird the way that they used him. Um, I think if, you know, if Doug is very clear with Carson and says, look, I have a book here of a hundred plays that are specifically for jail and that we're going to use throughout the season, but you're our guy, then I think Carson's fine. But if, you know, Carson starts a game, you know, two for seven or, or, or three for 10, and all of a sudden Doug decides that he's going to give Hertz a series or two for Carson to quote unquote, clear his head like that's not going to work no never never that and that shouldn't work with any quarterback in my opinion no agreed completely hey john did they did they do that maybe um you'll you'll know this and mike you might even know this and dave as well i'm just sticking out now here did they do that with cordell stewart at any time a little bit at the beginning yeah so who was the starting who was the starting quarterback? Was it that uh, was Neil O'Donnell? Was it? I believe it was Neil O'Donnell, or I don't think it was Tommy Maddox. It was one of the two. I think it was uh, Neil O'Donnell. Mike Tomzak. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> wasn't Bobby Brister. Yeah, it Bobby Brister. Buddy. That's a great name. I love. But you Bobby know what? Brister. You bring up these uh, Pittsburgh quarterbacks, and I will say, in terms of one, you know, you talked to not to bring back Dillard, but you talked about maturity. Roethlisberger had a major immaturity thing for his first few years. And he was looking like a bust because you didn't know where his headspace was. So th- that, that's one. Number two, though, Roethlisberger. Because taking pictures of his junk. And, well, <laughs> doing whatever. Riding motorcycles, busting up his knee and missing yeah. uh, games. Yeah, Big uh, Ben had some issues. But, I'm sorry, God. But no, but I mean, but along the same lines, when they drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round, Ben got very vocal, like, why are you drafting a backup quarterback? I just signed, like, a three-year extension or whatever. Mm-hmm. We, I, I want help now. Yeah, and yeah. he was vocal. And obviously, by the way they drafted this year, that his voice actually had an impact. I mean, you get a veteran, you know, guy that's won a couple Super Bowls. But, I mean, it is a fact. I mean, you look at it, if I'm your guy – yeah, look, you're trying to put a safety valve back there, but I need weapons there. Like you're acting like you gave him, uh, you know, wide receivers to work with last year, you know. But instead of getting the receivers, you know, you're you're going and you're you're drafting Jalen Hurts, or instead of getting a tackle, Dillard's a question. So there's moves that they could have made instead of Jalen Hurts. I don't know what the message really is there. I mean, I get it from I guess a corporate standpoint, but. I don't know if Wentz is your guy, Wentz is your guy, and you go sign Andy Dalton as your backup. I mean, in oh, reality. What the, speaking of that, what the hell is going on in Dallas? They're smart. I, Very smart. Yeah. Do you think that – what do you got? You guys really think that's like a mind game? No. I, I think that is doing it, your due diligence of making sure that your team is capable of winning at the next level. And, and I'm not saying Andy Dalton is the – be all of end all, but he is, first of all, 
with talent around Andy, he has produced some decent numbers um, some yeah. years in the NFL. You're right. And he, he never had the talent that he's going to see in Dallas, and he's going to push Dak, and he's going to get an opportunity to play if Dak slips up and can't handle Mike McCarthy's uh, offensive philosophy. Guess who's going to be in there? I'm telling you right now, that's not going to be a question. Dak Prescott will be on the bench, and Dalton will be your starter because Dak- Dallas is all about winning right now. Dallas signing Zach – uh, Dallas signing Dalton was the equivalent to the Eagles re-signing Nick Foles when they did. It, it was it was bringing in a veteran quarterback with starting experience to back up your young risk-taking quarterback. No, I, and, and listen, I actually don't disagree with that at all. What I mean by what the hell are they doing is why are they not signing Dak? Mm-hmm. That's what. I, and I'm not listen. I'm not a Dak guy, but this is your. 26 year old prodigy in your opinion okay and and this is the guy who's going to lead your not Andy Dalton Dak Prescott well I think I think Dave said it, it, it they're, they're waiting to see if Zach can play in Mike McCarthy's system wow that I'll tell you what that's bold that's a bold move because you mean to tell me and here's a funny thing so you're Jerry Jones it's a bold move gotten right well you're gonna hit your wagon to Andy Dalton <laughs> I mean, no one ever would have figured that Trent Dilfer would win a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson would win a Super Bowl. Nick Foles would win a Super Bowl. You know, you don't know. But if, you, if you're if you not doing everything you can, unturning every rock and making your team better by every opportunity, you're not doing justice to the to your franchise. No, you're, you're, you're right. And which is why that's what I want the Eagles to do. Yeah, well, we're, right. We're in the wrong city then, right it, now. You're right. So instead of draft, you don't draft your second round pick. You don't draft, the, you know, your backup quarterback. You yeah. sign a veteran that can play right away. Jalen Hurts is going to come in and win you <laughs> seven games. I mean, th- that's what I. You do it, New New Orleans did. You signed Jameis Winston, okay? And I'm not a Jameis Winston guy, but at least you know he can play the position a little bit already, and he just needs work. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You, you don't draft Jalen Hurts. You know that Andy Dalton's getting released, and you offer Andy Dalton to come here. Or you wait until the fifth or sixth round when Jake Fromm went, and you Ooh. draft that kid then. Jake Fromm. There's a name. You know, well, I, I think the thing with Dalton and Dallas, though, is Dallas was the only team that he was going to go to to be a backup because he went to TCU. He lives in Dallas. I mean, for him, it's basically just going home. Any other team that Dalton signs with, he was going to want a chance to at least compete for the starting job. So it, there, there is definitely something to be said there. Well, I think I, like I think, it. I think Eagles for a veteran backup, as long as Carson Wentz is your starter, is a legitimate place to go because three out of four years, whatever it was, Carson has gone down on the team. So, um, and nothing bad about Carson. Just speaking the facts. Well, I'll tell you, I wanted the Steelers to get one of these guys, one yeah, of these veterans that know how to play, because I'll tell you right now, look, it's not even a – look, I think Roethlisberger will come back. I don't know how much Rust will have. But the bottom line is we saw a team go 8-8, eight and eight, lose the last three games of the year with freaking Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Mm. All right? So when you look at 
would look i'm not like an andy dalton guy all right i mean that's the division <laughs> rival too but at the same time andy dalton could have won us two of the last three games and we'd be sitting at 10 and 6 you uh, know i'm with you there buddy so uh, i'm just saying there is something to be said for those veterans you know what i mean that if you could if you could land them for the right price uh you know they are invaluable I mean, people forget that when andy dalton had a healthy, and I will say healthy, healthy, AJ Green, Muhammad Sanu, and Tyler Eifert, he'd sling it all over the place. Oh, yeah. Let alone, let alone the offensive line, though, too. Yeah. The past two, three years, I mean, their line has been atrocious. It got to be one of the worst in the league. I mean, look, that, that means so much for a quarterback. Well, when Whitworth signed in LA and, and, and a couple injuries happened in Cincinnati, Andy struggled. Now, when when Dak Prescott struggles for a little bit, you're gonna. I, I I'm guaranteeing this. Mike McCarthy's not gonna have one second to think. He's putting Andy Dalton in, and you know it should be interesting. I think I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a problem for for us because Dallas Cowboys talent wise, um, Jerry Jones has done a phenomenal job. Whoever's doing their Italian evaluation has done a phenomenal job surrounding that team with the right players. The question has always been whether the coaches can get it together and produce on the field. Now, McCarthy, he can do that. There's, there's no doubt about it. Mike McCarthy knows how to coach football. John don't like McCarthy. I like Mike McCarthy. I'm not saying I like him or I don't, but if when I'm going through some turmoil with Dak Prescott and the season that he put up, I was a Dak doubter. Okay, I never <laughs> believed in Dak, but I will tell you, like he he impressed me a little bit this year. And then you go and bring in Mike McCarthy. You're going through a contract dispute. I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers is a piece of work, but at the same time, him and Mike McCarthy just couldn't couldn't get everything going. And I don't know, just to bring that in. I mean, they're got Jason Garrett like to Mike McCarthy. I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a glitch there, dude. So, I don't know. I don't know. Jerry I, I wants don't, to win, man. Well, well, I don't think the way you win is by bringing in Dalton and McCarthy and, and exercising uh, Dak. That's that's my opinion. So, how truthfully, did Dak when do you in said, the game that mattered? How did but, Dak do in the game that mattered? That's what matters in the NFL. Hey, that's fine. You said you think <laughs> Dallas does so good and, and that's going to be a problem. Truthfully, with McCarthy and the Dak whole thing, I think that's a problem for them, and you guys are going to get lucked out because they're going to make dumb decisions. Well, 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 what do you mean we're going to lucked out? We don't need lucked out, dude. Uh, okay, you are smoking like you. a true cockroach. You're a Pittsburgh guy. Why are you, you up on Dallas now? Uh, dude, I'll be more than happy if, if the Baltimore Ravens make a stupid defi- decision <laughs> and I luck out. Believe me. I, I Look, I, I ain't too proud. I don't care if that division title comes with an 8-8 eight and eight record, okay? Get me the division and get me the playoffs. That's the goal. Well, let, the, yeah. right. let this let, – hold on. Let this sink in, right? When we're talking about back and I'm going to forget this. Let this sink in. And I think the money is pretty much on par with what I'm thinking. But a few years ago, the Eagles signed Chase Daniel as their backup quarterback for more money. Big money. Andy Dalton signed in Dallas. Big money. Big, right? Big, remember, we were all like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, well, he like, was shorter like than me. And that's impossible. I thought it was a two year contract they signed him for. I thought he got $8 million a year. 
whatever it was. Was it one or two? Two years. That's what I thought. I thought it was, yeah, that's right. I thought it was two years. What did they do? Did they trade him or did they release him? uh, I think they buy him out. He went went to the Bears for the exact same contract. Yeah, he did. He did (laughs) go there. Seriously, he did. But but I think we tra- did we trade him or did we release him? Like I, I can't remember. I don't know. All I know is he sucked. That's all <laughs> I know. So it was it was brutal. But you know the the best thing about this whole no sports action kind of thing is we get to relive different things and we're all watching. Obviously the last dance is on later and which has been fantastic. But going back and look at Philly stuff, you know I I've I've seen a lot of Philly stuff and it brings me to the I got to ask this. The Jimmy Rollins question, and I, and I watched some things on Jimmy Rollins and, uh, you know, watched some highlights and some memorable moments and was watching 2007 and 08 all over again. Does Jimmy Rollins get his due? Because I feel like he doesn't. And I, I, I just because maybe it's Ryan Howard, it's Chase Utley, you know, but I just feel like J-Roll never gets his due. I mean, I to me, I love everything about Jimmy Rollins. Listen, man, I, I got right? you know, you know, I'm a baseball junk, so I got some real strong it, feelings on this. Help one, me right? out because because I I like him because he was arrogant, he was a cocky prick like myself, and so, but, but right, but he but he put it on the field. Right. So here's the thing: Howard had all the home runs, and the you know just get me to the plate. Chase Utley was the man because that's what Howie named you know what Harry named him. Jimmy Rollins was the straw that stirred that drink for years. And out of the, the big three of that era, he's the only one that's going to the Hall of Fame. Wow. I like that. I think Utley will get in too, but definitely Rollins is a yeah. Hall of Famer in my opinion. Jimmy Rollins was the spark plug on that team. Um, he was at five foot ten, could throw 93 miles an hour from shortstop over to – I mean, he was just a powerful guy, fast – excellent defensive player that people just took for granted the plays that he made look so easy with his footwork. He was phenomenal player for us. And you might not see a player like him again in our lifetime. And that's what type of player Jimmy Rollins was. But what you said, Dave, is what I don't understand. What, you know, we took him for granted. And I really feel that way because I feel like he was the Allen Iverson of the Phillies. And we loved Allen Iverson. Now, obviously, he did take plays off. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about the, the, the arrogance about him, the cockiness, the culture part of Jimmy Rollins. That's I guarantee what we, we make the playoffs. Right. Did you say that? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, against the Mets, right? He said, we're the team to beat. We're the team right? to beat. And that was after the Mets went out and signed Johan Santana. Yeah. And we, right? we thought, oh, you know what? This guy's crazy. He's throwing mm-hmm. it out there, and look what happened. So that's why I don't understand – why, you know, I just feel like like Mike's opinion is, is absolutely right. I feel like he will be the Hall of Famer. But mm-hmm. I just don't understand why we don't pay enough attention in this town to how special Jimmy Rollins was. It goes to, it goes to um, little things bother people in our city, right? Like, like him not running out the first base, you know. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to downplay – um, the, the way you play the game, like you should play it the, the right way. That's why more people gravitated to Utley and guys like Bryce Harper and things like that. You know, they love that Charlie Hustle mentality. And J-Roll was like, you know, screw it. I'm not running this out. I just, you know, and, you know, he was made it himself. So people, people don't like that type of 
athlete around here. Um, but at the same sense, they sure enjoyed him smacking a double against yes. the Dodgers in the playoffs, uh, you know, and, and, and the plays that he consistently made in that middle of the infield. Um, so, you know, it, it's just people get jaded around here for things that <laughs> – shouldn't really affect your opinion all that much one way or another. No, you're, you're, no, you're right. I, and, I mean, I'm included in that. But, you know, running things out, everybody wants them to be like, wants uh, Lou Brown to go give him 10 push-ups like Willie Mays Hayes at the plate if he doesn't run something out. You know what I mean? But I, I just I just think, he, you know, when, when we look about it, the reason why I brought it up is exactly what you said, Dave, taken for granted because it's there was moments that I don't remember and I think I was so worried about, like, to Mike's credit, that I was worried about that tremendous upper deck home run by Ryan Howard. I was worried about Chase Utley's sweet swing, and I never really looked at what Jimmy was doing. And when you look at his overall highlights and numbers, you have to be blown away. I mean, it's unbelievable what he did in Philly's uniform. Now, I, I would hope in 2020 that it's not a race issue. Uh, I think we – I, I hope so. We should be past that. Uh, I would hope so. Jimmy was a he was a perennial on my fantasy baseball team because because I always bring it back to the fans. I love hey, it. Hey, Howard Nutley would always go early, and I'm like, dude, I'm getting I'm getting my man. He he was to me the the Scotty Pippen of the middle infield is what like is that. to me what that's truly I like what that I believe too. it was. And then you just had Ryan Howard bashing balls, and that was about it. Yeah, you man, know, and there, there was, you know, you had some top end pitching, like the very, very top. <laughs> yeah, it was, he was, he was phenomenal. So let, let, let me ask you guys something because we've got about five minutes left. It's time flies, uh, which is great. And this is not sports related. You can bring sports into it, whatever you want to do. And I, I let, let's take the, let's take the obvious family choice out of the equation. But of everything that's going on, what's the one thing that you miss most? during this whole quarantine era mine is the family what is the what is the one and, and you know what mine is sports too mine is sports and mine because i think they're going to be our number ones and number twos anyway so what 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 is the one thing that you guys miss the most during the quarantine john you got that look on your face so i'm going to go to you put you on the spot first squirrel murphy's <laughs> yeah i, I, I knew that was... it, but i thought he'd get mad at me <laughs> shout out shout out to squirrel murphy's man Oh, Look, man. it's I'll tell you what I can go like I can go like months upon months and never go to a bar because there's just not time. You know what I mean? Especially. You know, but then all of a sudden it's like you can't go. The thing ain't even open. Like it's not even an option. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Squirrel Murphy's. Right, yeah, that is, that's cl- I love I was not expecting that, but it, but knowing you, it's so true. So Squirrel true. Murphy's Davisville Road and Street Road Warminster <laughs> PA, baby. Shout out. I love sponsorship. <laughs> what about you, Mike? What do you got? Man, for me it's cornhole. You know, oh, I went yeah, from, that's right. I went from playing cornhole three to four nights a week to I literally haven't picked up my bags in seven weeks now. So wow. it's definitely the, the participation factor that, and the, uh, for me, what hit really hard was the weekend. Um, first weekend in April missed out on the Phillies home opener, the final four and WrestleMania all in like a yeah. four day stretch. That's a tough one, man. It's a tough trifecta right there. 
No doubt. What about you, Dave? What you got? Well, you, you told us to take uh, sports and family out. Yes. So what else is left for me would be eating. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, uh, going out to breakfast for me is one of my favorite yep. things to do. Um, I, and also, I like my dinners as well. Um, but these and lunch. So let's go uh, all <laughs> uh, midday but, snack. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, sitting down, uh, you know, I, I like my wife and I sometimes sneak out to this little place in Warminster, uh, Bullard's it's the name off of 611 there and um sit down having a cup of coffee everybody coming in and out and you know amy will tell you is that you know, i don't pay attention to anything she's saying because i'm watching everything else that's going on but uh people know, watch her yeah I that's mean, true though man they're going out you, know, to eat. So you think that like little things like that are, are, are completely taken away from me and you're like what well, you know that's crazy it's man. weird you know I, I thought about this the other day and not to get emotional but bring in family, like hugs and kisses yeah, man. with people that, you know, I, I, I'm an Italian, I'm an emotional guy and, and, and hugging and kissing is something that we do. And, and it's like, man, when, when it's never, and I don't think it's coming back. I don't, I don't know, man. Giving somebody, hand, giving somebody I, a handshake and looking in their eyes. I know. You know, I like, know. Like, you it's know. nuts. It's nuts. It we really is. go on that stuff alone in this whole crazy time that we're living in right now it's crazy and you're right food is uh 100 uh what i'm gonna go with i got we got a minute left here so we're gonna go out hard but i miss my my barber shout out shout out sean michael <laughs> shout out adam i'll tell you what if you, you ain't sense. never had your hair cut by your wife let me tell you, it is excruciating. Okay, I, I must have sores in my look at Mike. I must have sores in my head from her jamming me with clippers, thinking if I hit it harder, it's going to come off even more. Like, no, that's not how it works. So, for the love of God, I need a freaking haircut. But, uh, but yo, guys, it's been real. I don't want to just how to short like I did last time. We got about forty seconds. So, again, thanks for taking the time. Every every week we do this, which is great. Can't wait to get us back in with the beer free and in the studio all together we'll be in due time in due time so for tony jigsaw cotillo at t cotillo 23 coach dixon at coach dixon 365 pg john pgh john 36 john coker and at big mikey smalls mike mataraki at heat ratio sports give us a listen give us a review see you next week